This recording has been produced by Christchurch, Jerusalem. For more information, visit us at cmj-israel.org. Good evening and welcome to Christchurch, Jerusalem. As we uh, in our evening Bible study, the last words of Moses, we are in Deuteronomy chapter 27, getting close to the end. And um, we're actually managing to do one chapter at a time almost. However, I've got to warn everyone, next chapter 28 is really long and might take us till Christmas. So we'll see how we go. Um, so we will honor God's presence. We know he's present and it's a delight to see everybody there. So let's uh, give him the glory and look forward to his spirit teaching us something. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the promise of your spirit to lead and guide and inspire us from within. Father, we, we seek and ask that you would honor us by your presence in that way and, and lead our understanding in this study. And pray that you would be with Aaron as he shares his ideas and the things that he's found. And Father, thank you for one another that we are brought together from around the world because of Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. Amen. All right. As is our tradition, we go over the summary from last week to familiarize ourselves with um, how we're doing. All right. So uh, a summary of Deuteronomy 26. Much of the Torah regarding the sacrificial system, tithing and festivals in the calendar are portrayed from the perspective of the priests. The roles and duties of the Kohanim and the Leviim are usually prominent. What Moses now presents is a rare glimpse into the liturgical worship of the Israelite worshipper. Once the land has been conquered and settled, which apparently took 14 years to achieve, then a portion of the fruits of each year's harvest was to be taken to the place that the Lord will choose. This becomes known as the first fruits and was selected from the seven species of wheat, barley, grapes, olives, pomegranates, figs, and dates. Livestock is not included in this command of Bikurim, which is derived from the same root as Bichor, firstborn. Interestingly, the text says that the Lord will choose a place for his name to dwell. It is not written that the Lord will choose a place for his temple or his tabernacle, rather his name. The worshipper puts his or her produce into a basket, the size and amount of which are not indicated. Thus, we learn that this command involves freedom and free will in how much is offered to the Lord. Moses instructs the worshipper to recite what we would today call liturgy. The declaration of the Israelite begins with his or her connection to the land. The basket with the offering is placed on the altar and the Israelite begins to recite sacred history, beginning with the story of Jacob, the wandering Aramean. This archaic reference to the patriarch has entered the Passover Haggadah as a response to the child's question, why is this night different from all other nights? The service concludes with rejoicing, which is conducted by the Levites and involves the ger as well as the Israelites, who are the Gerim. This has been translated as foreigner or stranger, that is the non-Jew in the land. It has also been translated as convert 
which with the root gyur being the word for the process for conversion. The first fruits collected during the third year is then dispersed to the poor, also known as the tithe for that year. Now, we have seen this instruction before in chapter 14, verse 28, where there it's called the tithe of the produce. The people who benefit from the tithe are the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows. These groups are identified as having one thing in common. They are landless. Thus, the landless, or the poor, are given a share of the produce from the land by those who have land. Again, the worshipper recites a liturgical oath confirming he or she has not withheld, stolen, or offered it to the dead. We should be reminded that when speaking before the Lord in any form, particularly in an oath or an offering, to be sincere and truthful. In the book of Acts, we see the result of lying before the Lord when bringing an offering in the narrative of Ananias and Sapphira. Moses instructs the Israelite to request that the Lord hear from heaven and bless your people. This presents us with a paradox in location and theology. Israel is still being guided by the cloud since the departure from Egypt. The tabernacle remains at the center of the camp and attended by the sons of Aaron. And the tithe and produce of the first fruits are to be offered at the temple of God in Jerusalem. Yet Moses affirms here that God dwells in heaven. This begs the question then, who or what does the worshipper think is standing before him when he stands before the temple and the altar if he is beseeching God to look down from heaven? This interesting statement reveals the knowledge of ancient Israel that God indeed dwells in heaven, yet his very real presence can also simultaneously be present on the earth in several forms, be that a cloud the Shekhinah, the Spirit, the Glory, or even the Messiah. King Solomon, in his inaugural dedication prayer before the temple in Jerusalem, endorses similar theology as Moses. In 2 Chronicles 6 verse 2, Solomon declares that he has constructed the temple as a dwelling place for God forever. However, in verse 33, Solomon requests, that God hear the prayer of the stranger or foreigner, the non-Jew, and that beseeches, and then beseeches that God hears from heaven and not from the temple, which is in front of the Gentile worshipper. In some, perhaps not so small way, Moses has diminished the importance of the tabernacle and the temple. He has not diminished their holiness, nor rejected the presence of God from their midst. However, should the temple fall or the tabernacle become defiled, the truth of the universe remains constant. God dwells in heaven. The paradox continues in the prophets, where they declare that the earth is full of the glory of the Lord. The Psalms pray that there is nowhere to go where God is not there. Yet God leaves heaven and comes to earth. First with Adam in the cool of the evening, and then later with the Messiah himself. The little summary of our study. We didn't finish the last three verses, uh, which I think bear 
a little bit of, of relevance to the next chapter. So what we'll do is um, we'll just read uh, verses 16 to 19 of 26, a few short comments, and then we'll read 27. Okay? Just a few short comments, just to set the scene for 27. So Deuteronomy 26, verse 16, reading from an ESV. This day the Lord your God commands you to do these statutes and rules. You shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared today that the Lord is your God, and you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments and his rules and will obey his voice. And the Lord has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession. He has promised you that you are to keep, uh, he has promised you that you are to keep all his commandments and that he will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made. And that you shall be a, a people holy to the Lord, your God, as he has promised. All right. So from there, in this little summary, God says, or Moses says, but God speaks, do obey all these commands. And how do you obey them? You obey them with your? All your heart and all your soul. Yes, there you go. So it's not simply an action. You can follow a commandment, but if, if you're just following the commandment and putting it into practice, but your heart is not attached and your soul is not attached then you are not following the law. Isn't that interesting? I like the way Moses did that because you, you still got to do the command, but it's got to come from your heart. It must derive from your inner being, the soul. And we are then told to walk in his ways. Okay, that's carrying out the, uh, the rules, halakha, from the, the, the verb lelechet, to walk, and obey his voice. If you obey his voice, that implies something. What does it imply? God speaks. Yes, that's a good one. God speaks. Right now, later on, we'll get the tradition of the bat kol, the voice from heaven. But there's already here that you're going to be able to hear his voice. Okay, so you've got a group of Israelites. They're sitting around the desert. They've had a cloud wandering around. There's some priests sitting in a tabernacle. How do you hear the voice of God? What are some of the options? How do we hear the voice of God? We're not all sitting around waiting for a, a, a but call, a voice from heaven. What else? What, where, where do we hear the voice of God in? Through a prophet. There you go. Yep. Through a prophet. Where else? Audible and through your spirit. Okay. Audible through a spirit. Yet through your spirit. Dream. You can have a, wake up and, and have a dream about um, a vision of the future. Mordecai's got some good ones. One of the other reasons why right. we're thinking of Trinity is because um, he's going to become a Jewish Anglican priest, build a church in a Jewish area, and, I'm sorry, and, and then have a little minyan <laughs> in an area where he has a Torah scroll. And uh, he's got, I mean, I remember Mordecai drawing these, these plans uh, on, on a whiteboard, and I'm sort of sitting there going, wow, this, uh, this is all going to come to pass. Like, yeah. okay. I don't know how. But it is. Okay. You can have a voice from heaven. You can have a voice from your spirit. You can have a voice from a prophet. You can get it from a dream. Where else do you hear the voice of God? You read the Bible and you know in your knower that that's a rhema word for you. 
Yeah, that's it, guys. Yes, from his word. You know, because where, do, where does God speak? He speaks to us every day, and uh, which is awesome. And so, and there's a blessing. All right. Um, and the, the, the blessing is we have become a treasured possession. He promises the, that he will set us in praise and fame. So we don't exalt ourselves. He exalts and he exalts his people, his people, Israel. So that's the backdrop. Okay, to this next um, chapter. So I had a quick uh, observation before we go on to uh, Deuteronomy 27. I just thought it was very interesting the way that it's it's worded. Maybe it's different in Hebrew, but in verse 17, it's just uh, you have declared today that and verse 18 and the Lord has declared that. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting that this, that that. Um, Play on words. You have to, you know, you've declared today that the Lord is your God. You will walk in His, you know, walk in His ways. Keep His sat statutes, commandments, rules, and voice. And it's the same, the same introduction. And the Lord has, the Lord has declared today. So there's a declaration of the people as well as the Lord. So there's like a double confirmation. Uh-huh. They must have had the scriptures memorized, did they, you guys? I mean, they obviously haven't got Deuteronomy mem- memorized. He's telling it to them for the first time. <laughs> it's like nothing written at this point. Um, uh, well, bits well, written. Something's like, written. You know, the the instructions he he commanded both during um, the conquest over Amalek and and on Mount Sinai to write down the words. So okay. on those two occasions, there were commands to write. So you've got oral and stories. Then, yeah. They're to write them again once they come across the river. Yes, they will. This next chapter says they're going to start writing. So they're obviously by this stage, some sort of literacy is involved. But didn't also, didn't the ancient people, didn't they have a much better memory than we have because they were so used to um, listening, weren't they? That, that's what I learned when I did a wilderness trip once in yeah. Israel. Oh, they had a phenomenal memory. Yeah. They hadn't been fried by Twitter. Yeah, that's right. So not, not like us. They would, they, because they passed stories on, didn't they? Oh, they, yeah, yes. People who, in Jesus' day, people who memorized the whole of the Tanakh were not that remarkable. There were plenty of them. Mm. Yeah. But I was thinking yeah, early on, early on, they would have Yes, and, and the same would have stories. been, you know, when, mm. yeah, when there was virtual, when it, was really important that you remembered stuff yeah, exactly. rather than write it down. Yeah. 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 They they had less less distractions. Well, and they had a need to. Also true. Um, like just a practical example. I remember growing up, I had so many phone numbers just memorized. Uh, until yeah. I got a phone that kept all my phone numbers for me, and now I can barely remember my wife's number off the top of my head. <laughs> Aaron, I'm with you. I can't remember my wife's number either. Four, four. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> yep. I just yell, "Help!" <laughs> yeah, you go, Siri, Siri, call my wife. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the point was, it's just that they can't pick up the Bible like we can any time of the day or night. Like it's incredible, right? The access we have to the direct words of God and all these writ- things were written for our comfort. You know, it says in the New Testament about the Old Testament. But if these guys didn't have access, then they were dependent on their priests or their leaders to tell them what God said. So they understood, I guess. Oh. 
All right, so let's have a look at the text. Deuteronomy 27. Now Moses and the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep the whole commandment that I command you today. And on the day you cross over the Jordan to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall set up large stones and plaster them with plaster. You shall write on them all the words of this law. When you cross over to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you. And when you've crossed over the Jordan, you shall set up these stones concerning which I command you today on Mount Ebal. You shall plaster them with plaster, and there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall wield no iron tool on them. You shall build an altar to the Lord your God of uncut stones. You shall offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. And you shall sacrifice peace offerings. You shall eat there, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. And you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Then Moses and the Levitical priests said to all Israel, Keep silence and hear, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. You shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God, keeping his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. That day Moses charged the people, saying, When you have crossed over the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Yisachar, Yosef, and Benjamin. And they shall, these ones shall stand on Manibal for the curse. Reuven, Gad, Asher, uh, Zebulon, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice, Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord, a thing that is made by the hands of craftsmen and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be anyone who misleads a blind man on the road, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's nakedness, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who lies with any kind of animal, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister, whether the daughter of his father or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who strikes down his neighbor in secret, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood, and all the people shall say, Amen. 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 And cursed be anyone who does not conform the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. All right. So, from a pashat, from a literal reading of the text. What's there that uh, jumps out to you, or is there something that um, uh, that, that speaks, uh, or something there that you haven't noticed that you just just noticed for the first time today? Well, I've only just noticed about these plastered stones that they weren't shaped; they yeah. were just you know big stones, 
and presumably rounded in random sorts of ways, and then you plastered them and write on them. And I wonder how many of these large stones it took to write, quote, all of these words. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you can expect it. It may have been a summary, but, you know, I mean, enough of the words to represent like, you know, like we have here in these curses, a, a, a summary of the, the essence of the law of what's been conveyed. So maybe it could have been at that level, but rather than the whole of Deuteronomy type thing. But yeah. I just, I'm just curious as to how, how big it is. And yeah. And, Interesting and why are they still there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine that the, the plaster wouldn't last that long. No, you know, really. yeah, it'd get washed away, but uh, maybe the stone. But there again, there won't be any sign of tool marks on the stone. No. Right. So verses uh, 12 and 13. Yes, sir. These are the ones who are to stand on Mount Gerizim. Yep. And then the others are to stand on Eval. Okay. Uh, Mordecai or anybody else, have you, have you ever gone back to uh, Bereshit, Genesis chapter 48 and 49? where the tribes get the blessing, where the boys get the blessings. Because really, they're not blessings. There's only three or four who actually get something that could be called a blessing. And I've never made, it's just popped in my head. Okay. Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yishikar, Yosef, and Benjamin. I think those are the ones that would you might consider blessings. And then the other ones, I'm not so sure that you would say they got blessings. That's just something we should take a look at. Dan, certainly not. <laughs> That's a good observation. Well, neither did Reuben. Reuben didn't get one. What about Gad, Asher, and Naphtali? Were they actually blessings, or were they more curses in mm -hmm. Bereshit, uh, Genesis 49? Mm -hmm. yep. I, I never thought about it before until now. I don't know. I don't have the answer. The connection, huh? That's good. I had a, um, Genesis, or a verse uh, 27. Wow, Keep the whole commandment. So uh, keep the whole commandment as a singular. And then uh, verse 9, he he really makes, because, you know, here, or Israel, but here it's there's this pay attention, like listen, keep silent, verse 9, because normally he has them here, O Israel, but this time he's like, you Check know, pay it. attention yeah. and, 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 you know, keep silent, like really, really pay attention. So verse 9, those are the two that, kind of stuck out. Okay. Um, thing that stuck out for me is we know that we know the picture. Uh, one group stands on Mount Gerizim, one group stands on Mount Ebal, uh, one yells out the blessings, one yells out the curses. What's not mentioned in the text? Blessings. It only lists the curses. The other half of the tribes don't say nothing. <laughs> and you go, uh, what, what, what do they say? <laughs> it's not recorded. And, I, and I'm interesting. Um, Mordecai and I had a chat about this. Mordecai, what, what did you say about, about that? Do you remember? What, the tribes? Yeah, no, no, not the tribes. Like one, one group yells out blessings. But they're not mentioned. What do you mean not mentioned? Which one? The Levim or? No, 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 no. The blessings are not mentioned. Only the curses. Oh, yeah, are not. the blessings are not mentioned, but in the, our tradition, uh, actually, it's mentioned before the cursing, actually. <laughs> yeah? 
Yeah. Do you want me to read them now or when it comes to them? Maybe, maybe, maybe when we come to it, yeah. you can sort of add on and go, this is actually a blessing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not a blessing. It's not a cursing. You know? Yeah, we will come to that soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it could have been very important to mention the blessing. I mean, it's very strange it's not mentioned. Yeah. Although, although in, in chapter 28, you start um, talking about um, the blessing that it attached to the, um, if you obey this, this, like, this uh, sure, really. word. Yeah. Yes, but it's not these ones from Gerizim. It's not, yes, yes, yes. It's not this one. And, and so it's, I think um, it's yeah. very interesting that Jewish oral tradition says, hang on, we're missing some blessings here. We better put yeah. some in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's ha- so let's have a look. As we go down the text, Mordecai, you, you shout out what the blessings are. Okay. All right. So Moses and the elders of Israel command the people. Wow. Who are these elders, guys? Where'd they come from? The 70 elders. Wow. <laughs> wow, nicely done, Shimshad. Okay. Yeah. It's a that's a tradition. That's correct. These are the 70 elders, or is um what do you call the that group? The Sanhadrin. Sanhadrin. This is a, a Sanhadrin. Okay. Yeah. Shimshon is preaching with the lights of Hanukkah. That's why he's so wise now, you know. <laughs> he's guiding us. Not bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good, buddy. Yeah, so the Sanhedrin, they, uh, he's got this group of the Zakaining, the, the elders, elders, the ones, yeah. and uh, and they, and it, so it's not just Moses; it's a group of people saying to the to this uh, large number of people, keep the whole commandment, okay? And yes, as you as you mentioned, uh, it's um, singular, no, a command. So it's it's a it's the thing. Keep the thing, keep the commandment. And on the day you cross over the Jordan to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, set up stones. Okay. So um, anyone know exactly where that's recorded that it happens? Joshua. It's in Joshua. Correct. Yeah. Anyone know the chapter? It's in chapter four. Four verse nine. Four verse nine. Yep. They set up the 12 stones. They actually give you the number, okay? And uh, which are still there. So I didn't see them, but they are there. Really? <laughs> I, I haven't seen them either. Um, <laughs> and then write on them all the words of this law, which, you know, as Neville pointed out, that these stones have to be pretty darn big to be able to cover everything. Or what would oh. be another option? What, what actually would you write on them? Um, this chapter. Okay, yeah, just just this chapter, yeah. You have to go around the corner to get chapter 28, okay? But Talmud says only the commandments. Yeah. And some sages say only Shema, but most of the 613 commandments, they just wrote it down. Okay, yeah, the the, the law, they write the The the, the thing down, yeah. I mean, um, but it uses uses the word uh, Torah, right? All the words of this Torah. Okay. And um, so what exactly does that mean? We're not 100% sure. So the different traditions, as, as uh, Mordecai is hinting, some say it's it's just the Ten Commandments, some say it's just the Shema, some say uh, it's the 613, or as, as, as some people go a bit more literal, 
um, is, nope, they wrote the whole darn lot, okay? Um, <laughs> and that's just it, you know. Okay, maybe we're not, not 100% sure. But it does teach us they're literate, mm. right? I mean, why bother writing if no one can read? And, uh, and so we've got a community that's not exactly ignorant. They do have some special abilities. That is, they've got mm. very good memories, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and so, and, and the land flowing milk and honey, which is the constant description that we've talked about in the, in the before. And when you've crossed over the Jordan, you've got to put these stones in a certain place. Where do you put them? On Mount Ebal. Mm. What's Mount Ebal? That's the mountain where all the curses are. You don't, you don't go put them on Mount Gerizim. Then build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Which mountain do we build the altar on? Mount Ebal. We, yes, we don't build the altar on Mount Gerizim, which is the blessings. Why do you think that is? Let's remember, all scripture is God-breathed. There's a reason why God, through Moses and these 70 old dudes, um, say, let's build an altar. Sounds like a great idea. Let's have some stones and write down the Torah on it. Sounds like a great idea. And let's put it on the mountain where we all shout out curses. What does that teach me, boss? What do you think, guys? Uh, uh, Amid Rush, I think it's um, Rashi that says that... um, that Moses wanted to pacify the tribes that will pronounce the causes. And so he built the altar on that mountain so that they, they don't feel bad that they're just there to shout only causes while the other people are calling out the blessing. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that one before. Okay. Any other ideas, guys? And we also didn't focus on the verse 2. Oh, what's that? I would like to ask to everyone, like, why do they uh, need to cross the Jordan River? Like, first, that's the first thing, right? God says that when you cross the Jordan River, then, 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 then. Like, what's the meaning of it? Like, does anyone have an idea? I think we talked with you, right, Aaron, about this. Ah, yes, we did, yeah. It's a mikveh, it's a type of baptism. Okay. You know the uh, concept when in Genesis when they say that Abraham, the Hebrew, the Ivri, it's the crossing over. Very good. And when you look at all of the different like patriarchs, they're like Abraham crossed, Moses crossed, Joshua, Isaac. So I, I mean, you know, the the the, the valley of uh, Jacob uh, of Jabok. So it's the crossing over is amazing. So they, they even Abraham is recognized as the one who crosses over. And he was recognized by the people in the land. And again, and again, you see, the, the land is supposed to start after the Jordan. Um, you see, the other tribes, um, they decided to settle, the two and a half tribe um, decided to settle on this side. But um, actually, the tribe, the land, it was supposed to start after the Jordan. And so um, I believe that's one of the reasons that they had to do it when um, they crossed the Jordan. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's actually a joke uh, that I heard from my rabbi. God knew that we are good businessmen 
and we always wanted to receive something first in, a, in order to obey him. So that's why in the wilderness, God wanted to give these commandments to us. But the Israelites kept saying, let us cross the Jordan River and arrive to the land which you have promised us. Let us receive it first. <laughs> then we talk about the details. <laughs> that reminds them, guys, you know, you are crossing it, so now it's your turn. Give us something back. Yeah, but the, 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 12, the, the 12 went into the land and only two, the 10 got, got, got yeah. knocked out. It only is, Joshua and it Caleb. So. That Israel, to, to receive the promised land, they yeah. have to physically cross. Yeah. Okay, they can't stay on the other side now. They have to make the choice. I will have to put my foot in that river and I will have to go over. There's some blessings. There's a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But there's also some bad guys. But there's the word of God. I'm going to be able to hear the word of God. Yes, but there's some giants. You know, there's this, this sort of, there's a give and a take here, that, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah. And, and they wanted to make sure that, that uh, God was going to be with them. It's just like when Noah got off the ark, you know, first thing he did, you know, let's just set this straight. You know, God, we're here for you. What do you want us to do? We're on your side. You know, it's like they're not going to take a step and have everyone who's, you know, bearing the ark die, you know, kind of thing. So I just a, a humbleness and direction from from the almighty. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else on that one? I'll, I'll see if I can add the joke into the notes. All right. Okay. Yeah, what is, I couldn't get my uh, speaker to work. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now, Roddy. Yep. So, yep. I mean, I suppose we have to do a mental picture here. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but the river is going to back up at a certain point. There's going to be a mountain of continuous water that is continuously flowing and they're going to have to take some type of a leap, leap of faith. This goes back to what Yvonne was talking about. I mean, you have to cross over, and you've got all this this humongous wall of water that is continuously building higher and higher, and you have to take the leap of faith to step across and to move into the land. Um, I don't know. This is something that I visualize. I always have. Yeah. And the first thing they're going to do when they get across is circumcise themselves. Doesn't wow. the st story of crossing the Jordan start? I mean, the, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant had to go first, and it, the, the water was still flowing until the toes of the priests in front touched the water, and then it started to recede. Ah, very good, yeah. yeah. And so it's just, it's kind of divine brinkmanship, you know, you, you get right to the edge, oh, and then it happens, you know, yeah. as, if, as if they're going to part. And then it was, it was stacked up at Adam. Yeah, up further north up the Jordan River and it may, may have been a landslide or something like that that blocked the water off and then I think it's, it told us that actually um, and then so it, 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 the, the water didn't flow for some time you know uh, maybe a, a day or more and the, and the people crossed um, and crossed without a problem and it stopped and the, the river stopped at a place called does anyone remember the name of the place? Adam Adam, Adam yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a there's a wordplay in English. A dam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and according to uh, has anyone read the book um, The Life of Adam and Eve? Okay, it's a it's a it's a collection of midrashic tales that's preserved by the uh, Armenian Orthodox. It's in their Bible. 
and it describes what happened to Adam and Eve after they got kicked out of the garden. And uh, one of the things that Adam does is he builds a city, which he conveniently names after himself called Adam. And um, somehow the children of Israel still seem to know that there was a city that Adam had built. And uh, they, they, the, the river stopped, uh, backed up to that, that point, which is very interesting. All right. Anyway, so back to this altar. The altar has to be on Mount Ebal. So, guys, which is the mountain of the curses. So put on your little um, uh, uh, Midrash hats. Why do you think we need to put an altar on the mountain of the curses? For the cleansing. Okay. Cleansing what? Well, for the cleansing of the sins. Before okay. they any blessings because they were being cursed. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So what, what do you do on these altars? You sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah. sacrifice for? For the sins. Yeah. Get rid of the curse. So it's interesting that that's the one we put the, the altar on. And you invoke the name of, of the Lord. Yeah. All right. Now, what is interesting about this altar is where is this altar not? It's not on the mountain of blessing. It's, yeah, well, it's on the mountain of blessings. It's also not in Shiloh. Yeah. And it's not in Jerusalem. We've got an altar that is not in the sacred sites. So what actually have we created? We have created another sacred site. And this one's got an altar and it's got big stones and it's got the words of God on it. And you, we've actually created another holy mountain. It's a and high think, place. Oh, we've created, yeah, another high place. And you scratch your head and go, Lord, what are you doing? We don't do these <laughs> kinds of things. But actually, <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, there's an interesting story in Joshua, okay, Joshua chapter 22, where um, the two and a half tribes, as Shimshon noted, should have been on the other side of the Jordan, but they, they stay on this, the east bank. And um, they build an altar. And all the other tribes hear about it and go, whoa, this is no good. A uh, bunch of pagans, we better go sort these guys out. And it looks like we're about to engage in civil war. And the whole plan of United Israel is unraveling fast. And uh, it's fixed up by Pinchas. Pinchas, a wonderful uh, zealot, uh, goes over and has a little discussion. And he discovers that uh, uh, Menashe, Gad, and Reuven are not worshipping a pagan idol or anything. This is an altar to God. And they wanted to, to, to have one on their side so that not everybody can get to Jerusalem or get to Shiloh, and they don't want people to engage in paganism. And um, Pinchas goes, oh, this is a good idea, and they leave it. And so you end up with um, another altar on the east uh, side. So you end up with altars to the Lord all over the place, even though, what have we been told? The Lord will choose a place, and that's where you go. Yet... The texts tell us, well, yes, I know what it says, 
but we also got this too. And uh, it's just a very interesting thing. Well, what do we learn? I'm not 100% sure, but we have an altar to the Lord on the mountain of the curses. And uh, that's just there speaking to us that um, uh, there will be sacrifices and sacrifices can get rid of the curse. And, of course, who is the ultimate sacrifice that gets rid of the curse? Yeshua. The Messiah himself. Yeshua, the Messiah. The Messiah. I All think right. we better we better uh, talk about the Samaritans too because they are still there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> even though they are not recognized as proper Jews, but they still live close to Mount Gerizim. They still do sacrifices. They still you know practice their thing there. So that mountain is actually very really alive now. You know. <laughs> Yeah. They even have like a, a high school. I was watching the, uh, they had some sort of program in their Samaritan high school. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 They have these need, little red fez on their heads. Yeah. We need to mention Dr. Uh, can you hear me? We can. Doc, Dr. Adam Zertal, okay. who uh, may have found the actual altar of Joshua and uh, all the Israelites. And what's interesting is right outside of Jericho, they also find one, and there's a procession of five other altars from outside of Jericho going up to uh, Mount Ebal. Uh, Aaron, you know about these. Mordecai's shaking his head. And they're in the shape of a footprint, <laughs> gigantic footprint. And, and why is this? What do we find in Joshua and Deuteronomy? Yeah, walk the Where land. If you put your foot, this will be your land. Yeah. These are archaeological findings for the people that are listening out there in, in yeah. Webland. Uh, and they and you can Israel. Create so, some very interesting photos uh, when they from from the air. They they do look like footprints. And by the way, Shiloh from the air yeah. and the city of David and uh Harhabite, um, the uh, Mount Mount Zion, the Temple Mount, these are also in the shape of a footprint, the outline. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting. Which one's Roddy by the Temple Mount? I missed that. Well, when you look at the Temple Mount in the city of David, and you mm -hmm. look at the valleys, including the uh, the Tyropian Valley, which isn't there anymore, but when you see I, the old drawings, it's in the shape of a footprint. Oh, because they always say that the three valleys are in the shape of the shin. They are. This I, is true. This is true I also. Did, I, I didn't know about the footprint. That's interesting. Yeah. You, next time you're in the museum, come in there. We'll show it to you. It's, cl it's clear when you see it from an aerial view. Great. Okay. So going back to the text in verse 6, <laughs> this Sorry. altar is built of uncut stones, okay, which we've actually found some. Uh, the, 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 the one that's that easiest to see for people is in a rud. Okay, you can actually go down, you can see an altar of uncut stones that's still standing there. Um, and so archaeologically, we do find these things. Uh, and here we offer burnt offerings. Now, burnt offerings in Olah is um, the, 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 the offering that you burn entirely to God, but you don't share any of it. Um, who is the first? The first time the, the, the term Olah is used, it's actually used of a person. Anyone know who it's used of? Isaac. Correct. He's called an Olam. Yes. And um, so build, 
build an altar, uncut stones, burn some things to the Lord, then have sa- sacrifice and peace offerings. This is the stuff you share. Okay, this is, you know, God gets a bit, but we get to eat and cook too. Uh, and eat there and rejoice before the Lord your God. Rejoice before the Lord in this sacred place that we've built. Of course, now theologically we're already thinking this place is before the Lord. So was not where I just came from before the Lord, particularly because that's where the tabernacle is. <laughs> um, right? You know, you, it's very interesting the way theologically we're beginning to begin to understand God is in a lot of different places all at the same time. And so often, you know, um, one of the criticisms of Christianity is, oh, what's this Trinity thing? What a load of rubbish. You know, God can't be over here and over there and over there all at the same time. Yeah, he can. He's been doing it ever since the beginning. And uh, that sort of interesting theology is, uh, is here in, in Moses. And, uh, and then we get the command to write again. Uh, which we've seen with Exodus, Exodus 17. And here we write on the stones the the words of the law very plainly. And then there's a debate on exactly what we're writing, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter per um, se. Yep. I'd like to say something, if, if, if it's okay. In Hebrew it says, that means you need to write in a form plainly, yes, but... Like what kind of plane? So like everyone would understand it, obviously. Yes, so like yeah. no word games, no nothing. Don't say, oh, it means that. No, other guys say, no, it actually means this. So just write it as it is so everyone could understand it. Please. Yes, that's, yeah, write the Peshat. Just don't mess with it. Just no. write it. Yeah, that's no. actually kind of interesting. Don't put your own statements. <laughs> Stuff in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah, because these are the words of God, so treat them uh, literally. Take them, take, them, take them plainly. All right. And then we get a switch. We don't have Moses and the elders anymore. Now we switch it to Moses and the Levites. Okay, and the Kohanim. And these guys now talk to Israel. And the first thing they say is, shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because obviously anyone who's been to Israel knows that Check it. Check it. Okay. It's a, it's a, <laughs> even in synagogues. Okay. Yeah. It still exists. <laughs> so when you stand up to read the Torah, does everybody be quiet or they keep talking? No. They keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So keep silence and hear Shema. Okay. Hear of Israel. It's almost like the Shema. Yeah. Okay. This day. Shema or, yes. You have become. The people of the Lord your God. That's actually a nice, powerful statement. Okay. Um, and uh, you will, because why have they become the people of the God? Because they, they bothered to put their foot in the river. Mm. You know, they, they, they took that leap of faith. And um, now they've as- assembled two onto Mount Ebal and, uh, and uh, Gerizim. Um, has anybody actually been to Gerizim, by the way? So, is it? Did you go Shimshon when you were here? No, no, I've not been there. It is, it is. I think it's actually worth it because you actually do get to see their altar and you do get to see where they hang the um, the goats and the sheep, the Passover lamb, and uh, and they do have the fire pits because it literally says in the text, 
eat it. And if you can't finish it in one sitting, you have to burn everything. You have all of that all set up. Um, they will literally do the Passover as it literally is recorded in the Bible. So everybody else in Israel is having chicken, but these guys are actually doing lamb. Okay. I know we tried to go in uh, with my sister, but I know you have to you, you have to go with an escort, don't you? You can't just go because I know yeah. we went to Shiloh alone to the you know we we've been to that and and, and we've also to Bethel, yeah. but it seems like you have to go there with an escort. It gets a little bit expensive. Yeah, sure. no, it's free actually. You have to contact with the IDF, but you have to be at least ten people because they give you like twenty soldiers, so. Mm -hmm. A little minion, <laughs> and they also give you a armored bus, uh, bus for free. So, mm, interesting. Wow, okay. if you want to go, but nobody Israelis usually don't like to go these biblical places. I don't know why. Like but they'll go to Rachel's tomb and things like that. Why wouldn't they go to? Uh, but at Rachel's tomb, you have a place for prayer. That, um, and it's surrounded by a high wall, so it's safe. Yeah. It's an open area. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And I'm always personally stunned by uh, this sort of fascination with Rachel because um, actually it's Leah who produces the Messiah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I always, always scratch my head. Why, why are you going to pray, pray at her tomb? You know, the other girl, the one with the bad eyesight, mm -hmm. the one that everybody seems to ignore, she actually has the honor of producing the Messiah. The house of David. The number one, she's the number one wife. She's, she's the number one it. wife. Yeah, Sharon's yeah. waving a flag right now. Yeah, or Ivona, if you want to go, you just contact with Rev Aaron because he got a lot of guys in Bethlehem, Ramallah. He's there all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then I call him, he's in Ramallah. I'll get, I'll get you there. It's a deal. <laughs> and what is good about Mount Gerizim, for anyone who's uh, listening uh, out there, if you do go to the Samaritan uh, place, it is, it is worth it. The Samaritans will come out and meet you. They will talk. The head, the head high priest will, 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 he will open up the Torah and read from it for you in his uh, Samaritan Aramaic. But just around the corner is Sebast, which is um, King Herod, one of King Herod's uh, palaces, and it's where John the Baptist got beheaded. And uh, you can actually walk around the ruins, and you can it's, it is you can mix a bit of Hebrew Bible and New Testament all at the same time. Okay, so um, we are keeping silent. Why? Because you're going to hear from God. You go. You need to to, to hear from the Lord. We got to get rid of distractions and become the people of God. Therefore, obey the voice of the Lord your God. Does anyone have a different translation to verse 10? Mine is, you shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God, keeping his commandments and his statutes. Anybody have a different sort of translation? My mind doesn't say his voice. Yeah, what does yours say? Well, it says just simply, therefore, obey God, your God, and fulfill his commandments and his rules, considering which I command you today. Okay. A mind says, you shall hearken to the voice of Hashem, your God, and you shall perform all his commandments and his decrees, which I command you today. Yeah. It, uh, the word in verse 10 is Shema. You will, so on one hand, it says, hear the voice. Shema kol, you will hear the voice of God. But, the, but Shema in Hebrew also means? Listen. Obey. Obey. So, 
Yeah, it means both. It means both. And so some translations will run with obey and some translations will run with hearken or listen or whatever. But it's the, it all depends on, they mean, it means both exactly the same. It all depends on what, tra- what your translator wants to come across. Okay. So you hear says, what's listen and obey. Yep. And you put it into practice. And then we get this splitting up of the tribes. That day Moses charged the people saying, when you've crossed over the Jordan, you shall stand on Mount Gerizim and bless the people. And then these are the guys that do it. Simeon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Yosef, and Benjamin. Okay. Um, And then these ones stand on Anival for the curses. Rovain, Gad, Asher, Zevilon, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites, they shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice. So, Aaron, we see here that um, Joseph is, um, is, is, is now put in a cluster of Joseph, not uh, Manasseh and Ephraim. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, and, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, that's why we have to have the Levi standing amongst the group so that it can still be six. Because usually when we see the 12 tribes, we don't usually count Levi as part of the 12 tribes um, most of the time. Yeah. Because if we, yeah, because Manasseh yeah, and yeah. Ephraim becomes to, yeah, the, because the they're not supposed to have any. Israel are actually 13. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a. And the, the confusing thing about this passage is that it, it says the Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice. So the list of curses. But the Levites are on Gerizim, not on Ebal. <laughs> but they're doing the shouting. Yeah, that is interesting. I actually haven't noticed that before. Oh, well, there you go. Yes, uh, that is interesting. But they are uh, facing the Mount Ival. They are on the mountain, the other one, but they are facing the, the mountain. It's just like way of speaking in Judaism. Yeah, okay. so they're standing on Mount Gerizim. The other ones are on uh, Naphtali, and the Levites shout out. And um, what I find interesting is it only lists curses, but as Mordecai says, there's blessings there too. We'll just put them in there, which yeah. I think is uh, kind of interesting. And it's not all the curses as you might think. It's a, it's a summary. But there are. it's interesting which ones they still throw in there and uh, which ones they leave out. Okay, so why do you think they, they separate the tribes like this? Any idea? I mean, there's, there's absolutely no way that we can prob- probably know for sure, but... Again, I think we should go back and do a comparison uh, in uh, Genesis 49. Okay. Um, I can do that, Roddy, for next week because I didn't think of doing it. But how about I do that? How about I list down the the tribes and then see if there's any pattern or anything in terms of… It is, actually, but it's so detailed. I don't know if anyone wants to hear it. I have, like, commentary on it for, like, six pages. It goes back all the way to Reuben. And what he did to Jacob, you know, like it's all exactly. very detailed. If yeah, you really exactly. want to go, that we we can do that, but I don't think it will be uh, in like sure. this thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's leave that one for for anyone who would like to research why the tribes are done this way. Um, there is some resources out there. Okay. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Here. There's, yeah. There's, an yeah, there's an interpretation that says um, that. Well, why uh, they some they say that there's eleven curses, and um, 
that Simeon was was uh, left out because of what happened uh, with the media media night woman and uh, and then but you look and it says twelve but I know that there's there is uh, that interpretation of there for each cursing there is a an equivalent blessing. Yeah, that's what. Yep. Right, but for so for Simeon because of what he did with the Medianite woman in Numbers twenty five that it's as if he wouldn't be stated because he for the curse so that he wouldn't have an additional blessing attached to his curse. No, you lost me there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just I, I had heard. I mean, that's just one of the things that I don't know, Mordecai, if you're familiar with that. With the, the there's like eleven curses. It's oh, listed, listed here. Yeah, but actually, if you look, it's 12. But um, they say that there's 11 curses, which are corresponding to the blessings of the tribes. Wow. I mean, this is just a, a midrash on that. And yeah. um, and then because there's 11, and the, the last one would be Simeon, but he didn't get a curse so that he wouldn't get a corresponding blessing because of what he did in Numbers 25. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that that's the bale of peor when yeah the, uh, yeah so there's this uh, there's this corresponding curses to blessings and and leaving him out so it's just uh something that i well, uh, we also talked with Aaron, uh, about some tribes are not ma- mentioned here because of their moms do you remember Aaron? we talk about this oh, yeah. just like put them all together it's so detailed this chapter is like very tribal Maybe unholy stuff. I don't know. We we can't focus on it, but it all goes back to history. You know, like some family problems. You know, in you know, let's say yeah. uh, someone's grandfather dies and he has a her- inheritance, so everyone is trying to take something. It's like all this stuff. I don't know. We can we can have another meeting and go all details because we talk about it with this. I have a very good book here in Yiddish, and it all explains why. They stand there, why some tribes were together, why the others were there, what happens to the other one, what happened to Shimon. But it's all oral Torah, it comes from oral Torah, it's all commentaries. Yep. So in terms of another little piece of oral connection to the New Testament, so here you have Moses leading the people to go up a mountain, one lists curses, but on another mountain you list blessings. So yeah. where in the New Testament does another like Moses do a mountain of blessings? Yeah, I think um, Yeshua in, 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 is it Matthew 5? The, the Beatitudes? Yeah, the Beatitudes. And remember, the Gospels are constantly trying to show one like Moses is here, like one greater than Moses is here. And so just like Moses going up a mountain and listing blessings, Jesus is going to do exactly the same thing. He has to. And so you will get the mountain of the Beatitudes. We don't get them listed here. We only get the curses. But in the New Testament, we're going to get listed uh, uh, blessings, which is very interesting. Yeah, as well as Mount Sinai, right? Uh, Same parallel. Yeah, go up Mount Sinai. Look at the Torah. But you notice in Luke's gospel, in uh, chapter 6, the, yep. the, the Sermon on the Plain, you have both blessings and curses. You have uh, blessings and then uh, then he goes on to say, but woe to you who are rich and woe to you who are uh, yes. full now. Mm-hmm. He, he, the, the way that Luke presents that, he, he chooses to have both mixed together both. on the same occasion. Very good. Excellent. All right. Okay, so let's have a look at 
the blessings, uh, sorry, the curses, and see if we can get, get any blessings out of it anyway. All right. Cursed be the man who makes uh, a carved or cast metal image or an abomination to the Lord, a thing made by the hands of a craftsman and sets it up in secret. And all the people say, Amen. All right. That's very interesting that you get this phrase, Amen. We can talk about what we think it means in a minute. But the first one um, is obviously against idolatry. Okay, that's pretty stock standard. Idolatry was the big great uh, sin in the Hebrew Bible. By the New Testament, it's actually greed. But um, uh, it's interesting that the caveat is it's done in secret. Okay, so what's the blessing, Mordecai? Does it, do they give a blessing for this one? The first one, right? Yeah. 15. It says, blessed yeah. be the man who does not make any sculpted or molten image, which is an abomination to God, that's a blessing. Okay, yeah. so the blessing the is the, it's the opposite. So yeah. cursed is the man. Okay, but yeah. by, by the, the uh, what's it called in Hebrew? Derech hashlila. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The, yes the, you, you flip to the negative or the other side. Yeah. Other, so other that's side. the way of teaching. It still exists yeah. to this day, yes. actually. To this day, it still exists. So why do you think... They, they add the caveat, it's in secret. Oh. Uh, isn't that, I always find that interesting. It's like, what, I mean, um, idolatry is idolatry. Okay, Abudazaraz, Abudazaraz. And, um, and it's bad in any form. But this one just picks it up as you, in secret. Because it's not socially accepted then, probably, in your Jewish community, right? At this uh, back then? You wouldn't uh, want to brag about having another god, probably. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to brag about it at all, but they, yeah, they've ended up doing it, unfortunately. But, but um, often... You know, and even to your comment, even to your subtle little comment that the New Testament is greed, Aaron, because no, like you have to take up with Jesus' statement that the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, is, yes. No, no the, what, what I mean is in, in the Hebrew Bible, in the first temple period, the great sin was idolatry. And we get kicked out of idolatry. And when you into the new te- into the second level period, that second level period, the the big problem is is money, greed. Yeah. And oh, so people, you mean? No, no, no. So you get lots of money is the root of all evil. Um, yeah. uh, the love of money is the root of all. Evil. Okay, the love of money. Sorry, the love of money. But <laughs> but because uh, idolatry gets gets pretty much crushed. Uh, in the in the second temple period, once they come out of Babylon, they pretty much learnt their lesson, and uh, we're really good at at uh, not doing idols and staying away from uh, the pagan world. I mean, not entirely. There are those that do embrace Hellenism, but it's as a majority Jews. It's they're still they preserve Judaism quite well. However, they embrace uh, 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 money, and so you end up talking about tax collectors a lot. You end up. Uh, teaching via the widow's mites. You end up looking for lost coins that are, are worth something. You know, these kinds of lots of images in there. It's just a different world that they're in. But here it's in secret. And so what do we learn about um, much of our idolatry? Like, you know how a couple of uh, uh, Wednesdays ago we talked about where's Amalek? And he's everywhere. He's over there, he's over here. But he's also, like where Chabad like to say, He's here in us. Yeah. Us. You gotta, 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 gotta be conscious of the of the thing that rebels against God, and um, and often 
uh, I can make a little image. No one will know. It's just between me and my little idol. And God says, oh, actually, I know. And uh, it's not a good thing. And, um, and we'll find out. But often a lot of our idolatry, a lot of our sins are secret. The, uh, the deeds of darkness. All right. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his mother or father. And the people will say amen, which means the blessing has to be. Who, uh, who does not disrespect his father and mother. Yeah. So honor your mother and father. That's uh, one of the big ten. In fact, the first two are obviously part of the big ten. And the people say amen. Um, what does amen mean? Is uh, cons- constancy, like uh, um, firmness and, right. and truth, yeah. All right. and may, it, may it be so. May it be so is the Septuagint translation. Yeah, that's where the Lord is faithful. Firmness. Hey, oh, Mr. Fields from CMJ USA. What did you say, brother? <laughs> the Lord is faithful. There you go. Yep. And um, Mordecai, what's it? You've got the uh, probably the Yiddish or the Hebrew down there. Yep. Adonai Melech Neaman. God the King is faithful. Faithful King. Yeah. He is the faithful faithful King. And so, yes, it is. You're right, Yvonne. It is full of passion and firmness and authority that uh, when you proclaim a blessing or a curse and you say, God the King is faithful, he'll bring his faithful to do both. Provide a blessing, and as the holy judge, he's also faithful um, to bring a judgment. From what Mordecai said, does it mean that it's an acronym? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's an acronym. Okay, all right. Yep. Yep. Actually, a couple of weeks ago in the U.S. Congress building, there was a guy praying, and he ended his praying as a woman instead yeah. of a man. I think he, he thinks he's cool, but it was so, like, disrespectful. Yes, we apologize on behalf of North America because they have no clue how to speak speak Hebrew. Yeah, he, thought, <laughs> he thought he was being cool. You know, like, look, I stand with woman, a woman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but and, it doesn't mean a man. <laughs> and they're obsessed, Marty, they're obsessed with, with gender. It's nothing, to, no offense, but yeah. they don't they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, the United, the United States right now is a three three ring circus. It's it's a it's a total circus. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Rodney Rodney Dangerfield had it covered about twenty years ago. You know, he had three children, one of each. So it was. We've been expecting this for a while. prayer was a mess because he was trying to keep Brahmin and every other god out there, and it's like, okay. Oh man. It, it just right. that the Americans, they've all flunked fifth grade uh, grammar. <laughs> they don't understand the origin of their language. Yeah. So, cursed be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark. Okay, we, we, we talked about that uh, in, uh, again, in Deuteronomy. This is, um, again, one of those commands, not uh, move a, a piece of land or steal. And people say amen, which, of course, means the blessing is who does not push back his neighbor's landmark. Yeah. Landmark. Curses anyone who Landmarks, yeah. A blind man on the road, okay. That's oh, yeah, this is a good one. So what uh, spiritual application can we put to that one? 
leading a blind man on the road. How do we remember? There's always the Peshat and then go deeper, go into uh, uh, well, another unkindness, level. Unkindness and not caring for those that are um, okay. you know, weaker, the weaker. Yeah. yeah. So is there and some unkindness? I have, a, I have a question, a real world question. Okay. What do I, what do I do with my neighbor's cats who are eating my chickens? What's the, what's the way to handle that? Uh, feed them to your dog. No, but that to me sounds like don't move your neighbor's landmark. You don't want to offend your. <laughs> yeah, he's coming along. That's a. Uh, you you have rights to your own property. Do you have a beef? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the cat, cats are not <laughs> smart enough to know the lines. <laughs> Buy a really Very hungry dog. Buy a big hungry dog. Yeah, that's that's what we do here in the farm. Just buy a bigger dog. Bigger dog, yeah. <laughs> Each cat. <Yeah. laughs> we got a cat. We got a dog, but he likes cats. <laughs> oh, I know some of those dogs. They're very interesting animals. All right. Oh they've, they've, taken, they've taken the messianic idea of yeah. the wolf and the lamb lying down together, um, literally, which is very nice of them. Uh, well, my okay. husband's trapping the cats, and the my neighbor is mad at my husband now for trapping the cats and sending them up the road. Whoa, okay. So it's a real, a real world question here. Not, it's not a hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have rights. You do. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's not meant to be moving your boundary markers or interfering with your property either. So, uh, all right. It also means uh, do not misguide anyone and don't give detrimental advice to someone who is uninformed regarding a particular matter. So if you don't know, don't misguide. Oh, yeah, yeah? Because, anyway. because, the, because the blind person could be somebody that's ignorant or inexperienced. Yeah. So you could either give bad advice or shekher, you could be lying to this person. So when we say ignorant, do we mean ignorant of the Torah? Is that what we're meaning? Or ignorant of the world? Like ignorant in what way? Do you think? Both. Shnehem. Shnehem, okay. Yeah. There's a verse in Leviticus 19 that says, you shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind. Right. Lord. And yeah. the, the Spirit spoke to me a number of years ago on this topic. It just really laid this verse on my heart. And um, then I understood that in this country, I mean, you, you would never treat disabled people like that. Uh, ordinarily speaking but in this country there are a lot of people who are spiritually blind and spiritually deaf mm -hmm. yeah. do not curse the blind or do not uh, no, curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind yeah it suddenly becomes very powerful yeah. yes yeah yeah and and when i i read it that way too um uh i thought i obviously no one's that evil as to deliberately go and trip up a blind guy. I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to, you, you, you want a beating after that, okay? You know, we want to take you out the back and introduce you to some, you know, uh, baseball also, in a loving Christian way. Um, yeah, but, but it, this is, this is, I think, the spiritual blindness and the, and the spiritual deafness. It, it could be the physical blindness as well, because, you know, this is the verse 18, and 18 is high in Hebrew, which is life. So maybe we should be life to deaf and blind people and help them out and respect them. 
It could have sure. a meaning too. You know, in Kabbalah, we should go into the Kabbalah because Kabbalah has a lot of meanings in numbers, but basically 18 means high and high is life. Right. So we should be live. Maybe we can be their eyes, we can be their you know ears. As, you know, as, because it is specifically in verse 18. Why not 17 or 16, right? So 18. That's exactly how the Kabbalah works. That, that's yeah. the way they think. For those yeah. that don't know what that means, they I would ask that, that right, question. Yeah. Why, is this, why is this verse not flipped around the other way? Is it, is so be high to everyone. Yeah. Give them life. <laughs> so cursed be yeah. everyone. Yeah. Chimchon? Yeah, one of the examples I want to pull out is um, when we have the, the old prophet and um, that dealt with the, um, the new prophet that came from Judah. And okay. um, while he came and he told him that, okay, the Lord said that you should eat with me or something like that. And um, whereas it was, it was a lie, you know, it deceived him and it tricked him because of his um, ego or something like that that was being right. bruised, you know. That's a very good example of, you know, leading the blind. Because the man was blind. He couldn't, um, could, it's not experienced enough to deal with such situation. And so right. the old prophet, you know, led him astray. Yeah, he was, uh, he was yes, he was, he, was, he was slightly ignorant of his, yeah. you know, yeah. the way of the world. And, uh, and I guess we do need to look out for, like, the young believer that's in our midst. Yes? You know, who's, yeah. you know, um, who doesn't, hasn't read the Bible and, and begins to look at anything that's in the world and, and begins to think, ah, it all, it all just fits. You know, all gods are the same and, uh, you know, it's a, it just seems to feel so nice and it, it's a little bit, it's a bit ignorant and ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is dangerous. Yeah, so let's be careful. Okay. Then perverting of justice. This is... Um, uh, the perversion of justice, okay, that's just bad legumre, period. But, again, uh, God once again hammers home the following people you definitely do not hurt. The sojourner, okay, the wanderer, the one who has no land, the landless, the Gentile, the fatherless, the one who doesn't have a de defender, widow, right, the, and uh, the, the orphan. Um, the weak, once again, the society, the people of God, to reflect God's character, are going to take care uh, socially uh, these the, the social misfits. Um, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way, but that is the ideal in the for the people of God. And conversely, therefore, it would be a blessing if you do give justice to the to the to those kinds of people god is faithful and then uh and then you get a series of uh, sexual uh offenses there's lots of that you can read a whole chapter about it in leviticus but it's so obvious yeah it's so open uh, it's so, yeah leviticus uh, 18 or something um obviously the uncovering your father's nakedness which is lying with your father's wife right Okay, now play that back. Where, where did you hear someone uncovered his father's nakedness? Ruben. Noah, go back to Noah. Go back Noah. to Noah. Yeah. Noah. And uh, uh, by, there is some traditions that... And then, then Ruben. Yeah, and Ruben. 
You know, this is they've uncovered their father's nakedness and and laying with their father's wife. Okay, and um, and uh, and and don't lie with an animal. I mean, who the heck would do such a thing? Well, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> North America. So yeah. Welcome uh, to the Middle East. Welcome to the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. It has to do with some kind of um, some um, pagan worship where people okay. lie with animals. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's a kind of ritual connected with the pagan worship. Yeah, we had a, a, a messianic brother a long time ago when I first came to Israel, and uh, he had served in Lebanon when Israel was in Lebanon. And, um, and he was retelling the story that using night vision goggles, they would look at Hezbollah. You know, they'd be looking at each other across the valley. You know, we see them, they see us. And they would watch Hezbollah leave their positions, go down into the fields and rape cows. And, uh, and he turned to his commander one time and says, can I shoot them? And they said, no, you can't shoot Hezbollah. You'll start a war. He goes, no, not them. Can I shoot the cow? Put it out of misery. You know, I mean, <laughs> it is, it is, it's unbelievable, but it's, it's amazing yeah. that God has to say it here too. Yeah. yeah. He knew. Yeah. Well, human nature, right? Human nature left to itself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very evil thing. And the other one, it's, and then there's also this um, r- relations with, with your own family, sisters and things. So these are, are, are not, uh, mother-in-law is also, is also out. And um, so these are these sort of the, the people of Israel are meant to be sexually uh, pure. You, you have your wife, be happy with, with her. Um, I mean, it really strikes me here, Aaron, that four out of the 12 curses are on this topic. So that's a third of them are to do with sexual misdemeanors. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what is one of the big problems um, in... Uh, in, uh, in, for that we have to give Gentiles when they're coming to faith in, in the New Testament. What's one of the, one of the rules? Okay. Yeah, three, in Acts 15, three of them are f- uh, to do with food. Yeah, one's what to do with food, food. Yeah. No, fornication. Fornication. And then when you get to the Corinthians, full of the Spirit, but they've all got this big orgy problem. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it seems that this, this plague seems to affect uh, um, the, the, the new community. And in today's world, well, I don't even know what to tell you about today's world. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all, yeah, we're all just, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's yes, incredible. Yes. Yes. If you look, I mean, if you look at all the, you know, I mean, you look at so many examples, like with what the rape of Dina and then Reuben, you know, with defiling the, the dad's bed, and then Shimeon, yeah. Shimeon, Shimeon with uh, the Midianite, and then you have the whole Moabite uh, disaster, and you have the golden calf with all of the uh, ramifications. Yep. That is just amazing how it's just like a, and it continues, and it's, we still have it up until today. And um, yep. one of my really good friends, she's an ophthalmologist, and she said that she, a daughter, had brought in her father, and uh and you know he had some eye problems and and she took the daughter took the this doctor friend aside and she said you know i i don't know what's wrong with his eyes but i do need to tell you that 
his he has a he has a mule of estimate of he of esteem. Right. <laughs> they lived on a, and it's like oh gosh, and I know in Europe um, with the whole bestiality. I think what was the last country that they had to put a law on it because all of the other they would flock to that country to be able to have that. Yeah. Yes, something know. is wrong, and you wonder why God, yes. in His mercy, doesn't just destroy us again. I know. However, um, Aaron, yeah. Aaron, you know, yeah. you remember the show uh, Top Gear? Yeah. The British, British yeah. car show? Yeah. Well, you, you know, they left the BBC, and they're on Amazon now, and, they, and they're doing the grand tour. And they've, they, they've, they're not doing regular events now. They're doing these, these uh, uh, kind of one-offs. And they were doing one to South America. And while they were filming, they caught somebody in the field with one of the donkeys. Oh, man. And, 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 and the tour guide, the poor woman, was trying to translate what was going on. And they said, well, you know, until you get married, you know, what are you going to do? So in yeah. that case, it was the strict marriage law. And then that was their excuse. So, But there it was, pixeled out, but right there on the television broadcast for, for everybody to see. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all over the place. I mean, I'm not saying in South America. I just that's the only case I've heard. Of course, it happens, but you get it in in. I mean, that's that's across the board. Like I know with yeah. Europe, there's only one country. People were flocking to that country. I don't remember until they had to put a law down. Does anybody know what country that was? No, I don't. But I think it's 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 sad that. Uh, but anyway, the 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 sexual problems that we have in our world, obviously. Were, were there in the beginning as well. Obviously, you see them in the, in the Bible. But for the people of God, this is not how we're supposed to behave. Right. So that's normal human nature without God. Yes. And so God is saying, because there's, 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 these are the curses, but let's remember, so you flip it. You know, there's, um, there's a blessing for having, you know, Sex one the proper way. There you go. That's right. Preach it, Preach it. There's a blessing in having it the proper way, right? Yeah. You know, this, yeah. and, and Moses has been trying to set up. We want a stable, functioning government. Well, you know, we have a king who reads the Torah. We want a stable, functioning judiciary that doesn't steal, that, that, that will actually give justice to the, to the poor and the widows. We want a stable, functioning workforce. You will um, pay uh, the, the workers, their due wage. They're not your, you want a stable functioning um, uh, system of loans and checks and balances so that the society is stable and, and, and you've also got to have a stable sexual practice. Um, okay. I, I, I believe syphilis was actually, uh, was actually traced back to uh, uh, sex with sheep, I think is where that uh, I don't know. We got. We can. We can start talking about New Zealanders all night long, but we won't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, glad you didn't say rugby players. But that's there you go. Mean. Yeah. So, um, uh, verse 24. And, and um, again, let's also look at it um, in a uh, not just a literal way, but in a um, spiritual way as well. Cursed be anyone who strikes down his neighbor in secret as opposed to just punching his lights out in a bar fight, you know, in public. No, there's something about this secret bit. So what do you think it means to strike down your neighbour in secret? Hiding your sin. Hiding um, it? Hide your sin? Might, might not be physical. It might yep. be verbal or some other means, um, like, you know, doing a bad talk about somebody. Yeah, know? like gossiping. Yeah. yeah. hara. yep. But, uh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's done in secret. You mean 
He doesn't even, yeah. he can't even defend himself because he doesn't know who his accusers are. He doesn't know who started the rumor um, and these kinds of things. Yep, yep, that's a, a good one. Um, a stable society needs uh, to be able to trust each other in the way that we actually speak honestly with each other. Uh, bribes, okay, cursed is anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. So this is like hired uh, murder. Obviously, any sort of bloodshedding would be bad. And, and then, um, then, sorry, sorry, twenty-four with striking down in secret, looking at the Hebrew, also has a potential connotation with murdering somebody in secret. Yes, that's correct. Yep, and and then it's followed up by this one in terms of paying somebody else to do it for you. So you do it, but if you don't want to do it yourself, you can, you know, hire a hitman and. Um, it could be, I mean, in a couple of commentaries that I looked up, it could be that why does Moses choose these laws as opposed to something else to, to shout out? Um, it could be that, well, these, these issues had been very recent in the community. Okay? That's possible. And that um, there had been some of this going on. And so we wanted, wanted uh, to fix it. It's possible. We're not sure. There's, there's no way to, to know why some laws are out and some laws are in. However, um, one of the things about the, the laws that I mentioned yet, especially for these 11 courses, is that those things, when they are done publicly, they will get judgment. I mean, most of them are going to get judgment. You're going to get judgment if they are done publicly. So it's easier to judge it. But when it's done, it's trying to deal with it when it's done secretly. All of them are things that can easily be done secretly and the person will not be seen or known. But now they're placing a kind of um, a curse, a hex yeah. on the person. Even though we're not seeing you, you know, we, we cannot prove it, but you know, this curse is going to go with you and going to take you out. Yeah. So the things that are done in secret still bring a curse and they might bring a curse on the whole community. Even though, remember... Uh, we had the, that law that said um, everyone's going to die for his own sins. Okay? The it's, father, it's, yeah, the fathers and the son. Yep, the father right? and the son. But, uh, you know, as we also mentioned, you reap what you sow and there's consequences to actions. And so some of them can be a bit more, a bit more larger. But you, Shimshon, you're right. Most of these things can be done in secret, especially a lot of the, the sleeping around. Um, but then there's this interesting summary right at the end, the last curse actually brings up a rather overarching thing. Mm -hmm. Cursed be anyone who does not conform the words of this law by doing them, confirm by doing them, and all the people say, Amen. Amen. And so you end up saying, um, Cursed is anyone who can't do follow the law. Well, as, as you know, we all know, we can't follow the whole law. We just constantly yeah. mistake it. And so we need something to help us. So perhaps that's why Moses put the altar on this side. Maybe that was um, uh, one of the reasons. What's not mentioned in this chapter? Uh, I would like to say something about 26, if it's okay. Yep, go right ahead. In Hebrew, it says, that means who does not lift up the Torah. Yes. So in the synagogue, we lift up the Torah after we read it. I don't know if ever anyone can see this here. And we point it and say, that, like, this is the Torah which we receive from Moshe here. Yep. And it also uh, means, like, I mean, we also have the Ark of the Torah 
uh, in a synagogue. So that means we have to, first of all, respect the Torah. Please do not lay it on the ground when you attend to church or when you read it or when you're done with it. Please do respect it, lift it, you know, spiritually and physically. And as you said, uh, nobody can follow the Torah, um, the Bible, Old Bible, Old Testament, or whatever you call it. That's why uh, Talmud says that's why we have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, because nobody could follow it perfectly. But here means, you know, just try as much as you can. Yep. Just keep it holy and lift it mm. spiritually and physically. Yep. yep. And I would like to summarize about this cursing very quick. Um, uh, I learned this in the Yeshua and I also talked with my uh, rabbi. He says there is no actually cursing about all this chapter. The only cursing uh, that we might face is that we don't receive the benefits of Torah, of the Torah, or of the law. Yeah, if we yeah. don't do this, that's going to be your cursing because just you're missing something. You're missing the word of God. So that's, he, that's a very common thing to say. No, yeah, he, he, yeah. yeah, he doesn't send like thunders on your head like, oh, I curse you. But that's the only, <laughs> that would be your only cursing. If you don't do that, don't do that. It's, there's free choice. But if you do that, there are some benefits for you. You know, Torah is for us. New Testament for us. Jesus for us. Shabbat for us as we previously spoke about, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all for us. That will be the only cursing, and it's up to you. Either you cross the river or just stand stand by the beach. <laughs> There's no beach on the Jordan River, but cool. The other the other thing is uh, with this with the word because the word is as Mordecai said does say lahakim to lift up to uphold. Yeah, but that made me think when I was when I I just saw my note on it now. Um, you know. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the law. So blessed is he who does uphold the Torah. And you think, okay, well, how can I do that? What does Paul say? Anyone know the verse from the top of your head that says we uphold the law, the Torah? Anyone know? Romans 3. By this faith, we uphold the Torah. Wow, that's a good okay. one. That's uh, this sort of thing like, um, um, have we nullified the Torah? No. He says, no, by no. this faith, by our faithfulness, we will, lahakim, we will uphold the Torah, which is what uh, is done here. And everybody says, amen. The, un- the thing that is not amen. mentioned. Amen. That's right, Roddy. The <laughs> thing that is not mentioned here is there's no mention of the Ark of the Covenant, no mention of the Mishkan. In fact, that whole bit seems to, for, for right now, just that's it, you, Romans 3, 31. Um, it's just not there. In fact, we, are, we create another holy site with a special altar, special standing stones, special ceremony. And, um, and Levites and Cohen's are present, yes. But the thing that's not present is there's no ark, there's no, um, and there's no tabernacle. Um, um, this is a very good chapter. I actually read it like 10 times, but I didn't just read it as you did. It's a very good one. I mean, please uh, pray for the Jewish people. So may the God Almighty bless them. So they now we physically lift the Torah mm-hmm. every, three times a week. So hopefully 
God Almighty may bless us to lift it spiritually as well as in Amen. Romans 3. That's Amen. what we really need. We are very good practical religion. <laughs> Maybe we need some spir spiritualities. Please remember the Am Israel in your prayers. Shalom, yeah, shalom, shalom, Yerushalayim. We're praying for Am Israel. Hi, all of, all of the... Mm -hmm. okay. Anyone got some final comments? Anyone got a thing? Yes. I'm encouraged too, you guys, with the thought too, like even for our English version of the Bible, the the guys over in England and stuff gave their blood like what, 500 years ago so that we yes, could have did. a physical English Bible. So even from the outset of the study, our first concept was just that we could physically hold it, pick it up and read it any minute at any day. Like we yeah. don't have to go to the pile of rocks to go find the law. And, you know, it just behooves us to, you know, be mindful again of memorizing it and, and, you know, keeping it in our hearts as opposed to, you know, leaving it on a shelf collecting dust. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, just a final one year. Yep. Um, on, on the same verse, number 26, you know, it talks about um, causes anyone we will not uphold. Upholding, I, I want to see it more about... Um, standing up for it, you okay. Know, when you stand up for the for the for the Torah, um, yeah. a lot of people, especially in um, into this church, we don't stand up for the Torah. We try to amputate the Torah and says no, it's not important or it's not relevant, and um, they try to make it of non-effect because even Yeshua himself said that. Um, don't you think he didn't? He didn't even say don't say. It. He said don't think that I've come to abolish the Torah. You see, yes. but people have gone beyond thinking about it and now saying it that Yeshua have abolished the Torah. Um, yeah. like, uh, like, like we know that, um, the, the sacrifices, um, have stopped not because of Yeshua has come. The sacrifices in the, in the temple have stopped because there is no temple, and yeah. we know that soon there's going to be a temple and sacrifices is going to continue. And from um, Daniel's perspective, it's not a good thing that the sacrifices were going to be stopped because the Antichrist is going to stop it. I know, and that's it, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when we, when people just look at um, the old instrument of from worship in the Old Testament, the sacrifices, and say, no, Yeshua have done away with all this, it's actually, um, they're not upholding the Torah. They're not standing with the Torah. Um, many of them is out of ignorance, they don't really understand. But this word talks about really standing up from the Torah. Okay, good. I like it. Thank you very much. I'll make sure we put that in. Stand up for the Torah and uh, stand up for the, for the Bible. Torah means like Devar Elohim, so like all the words of God, you know, Torah, New Testament, yeah. any any holy book. So. And Jesus didn't do away with the Torah. He fulfilled it, I thought. He did. Yeah. Well, fulfill means to interpret correctly. No, but I mean, he fulfilled it in a practical, physical sense, too, that he obeyed all the commands and he could. He's the only human god man sure. fulfill yeah. it well and um, on him. Uh, yes and no there's no way that yeshua could fulfill all practically of the torah you don't know why well he didn't because he's not a woman mother so he can't do any of the laws that pertain no he's not a woman <laughs> he can't do any of the laws that pertain to a girl he's not a levite he can't do any of the laws that pertain to a levite um he, he can't he, do any laws that pertain to a girl Yes, there's oh, laws that pertain to women. Oh, yes. oh, okay. I thought you meant sleeping. Okay, yeah. So, so <laughs> we often say these things. He fulfilled all the law. No, he didn't. He he um he he did the ones he was allowed to. Okay, so that's why that's why it's very important. Like what we said, 
it's, the Torah isn't done away with. It's just not physically possible. The Torah is meant to be on our hearts. The prophets have said so time and time again. And as we've been learning through the words of the last words of Moses, my gosh, the people of God, God, God is trying to set up uh, this, this society that reflects his character. We are the people of God, Jews and Gentiles, you know, put together the way it was always meant to be. Um, yeah. As a light to the nations, and uh, and, uh, and there's blessings in that. There's 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 blessings not just to bless the name of God, which is you know, something that we definitely should do, but there's a blessing that uh, comes with creation itself responding uh, in the way it's 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 meant to be, caring for animals, caring for the world, caring for our neighbor, caring for the country, caring for the land, uh, caring for God. All right, guys. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So, the, I mean, all of the Torah is summed up in, in love God and love your neighbor. But that doesn't stop us from, from having other commandments. Like, for example, Paul constantly says, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. He doesn't just turn around and say, just love and, and you know, peace, love and hang out with hippies. It's um, it's 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 yeah, it's a lot more nuanced. F- to fulfill means to put to, to put it into practice, but it doesn't mean that you don't stop. Like for example, someone says, "Aaron, how do you fulfill the command to honor your parents?" And I say, "Well, my parents aren't very, uh, uh, they, they 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 don't know how to use the lawnmower, so I go over and I mow the lawn for them." You know, um, but do I only do it once? And then I turn around and go, "Dad, okay, I've mowed the grass." You're on your own now, mate. You know, that's, that's actually not true. Um, it's, you, it's something that you keep doing. Aaron, okay? I had a question. As Paul says, by our faith, we uphold the Torah. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Neville. Sorry, dude. No, then, then I was just going to add a little uh, footnote to what uh, Shimshon said about standing up. Yep. Not everybody will be quite aware in Luke chapter 4, it explicitly says when Jesus is in the synagogue at Nazareth, that he stood up to read yeah. and he sat down to preach. Yeah, there you go. Cool. That's in uh, verse uh, Luke 4, verse uh, 16, and, yep. so, and forward. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a question about location. Right. I've, uh, you'd mentioned this in other, in other studies, and it's just it's something that I've been searching, and I, I just really wanted more information about that. Mount Ebal is to the north. Gerizim is to the south. Jeremiah 1.14 says that evil comes out of the north. I know that you've mentioned, and I know that Yeshua, he goes up to the dark places of this, you know, the Galilee of the Gentiles. So there's the darkness. He goes up and he brings salvation. But I know you've mentioned this concept of the north. Jeremiah does say evil comes from the north. Mount Ebal is to the north. Could there be any relation to that? And then this whole concept of how you said salvation from the north, could you Leviticus, really Leviticus that 1 out? verse 11 says, You will offer your sacrifices to the north of the altar. Yeah, here you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so, the north, while it is, you know, a place of darkness, true, it's also the place where redemption starts. It's the place where the light starts shining. The light starts shining the best where it's darkest. Yeah, I think it's David that said the side of the knots, the city of the great king. In the city Psalms. of the great king, correct. Yeah, the side of the knots, Zaphon. But the word Zaphon can also mean um, encryption, you know, 
um, Zafon means yeah. north, but also means yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, so John, uh, uh, Aaron, just getting back for a second to Matthew five seventeen, Jesus' own words: "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets." So we definitely never say that. I have not yeah. come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That's where yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because to fulfill them means to said that he fulfilled yeah, to interpret it correctly. Yeah. Well, it actually scared me what the Ivan said. You know, I'm now in my parents' house all the way to the north. You know, Lebanese <laughs> border is like uh, 400 meters from my house. So am I the evil? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Mordecai, you're shining the lights. You're shining the lights. I don't know. I was a little bit scared. I was like, damn. I didn't say that. That's that's from Jeremiah. That's from Jeremiah one fourteen. So maybe you need to move south, Mordecai. Yeah, yeah. Mordecai is doing a great job up there. He um he was talking to me the other day. Um, he had a leak in his in his. Uh, house on Shabbat. Yeah, but yeah. So <laughs> gets gets a friend to come over, and what yeah, did he do? To what, fix. Yes. What did What did you end up doing with him, Mordecai? Well, it was uh, Shabbat morning. We I usually don't use my phone unless it's an emergency. So he lives right here. So I called him. He's a little bit professional on these things. He's so talented. So he came with whole family to the Shabbat uh, Seuda. So we were fixing it and somehow I felt that I uh, need to share the good news with him because I'm so close to him. He's like 60 years old, but I'm, uh, he calls me Rabbi. So he always, discusses, yeah, he always discusses some things with me and I told him, you know what, his name is Eli. I told him like, Eli, do you mind if I share some good news with you? He says like, yeah, what's that? So I'm like, I am in the, I told him I'm in a relationship. He says, like, oh man, mazel tov. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I am in a relationship with the Anglican guys. I have been going, working, learning. And do you mind if I share uh, with you what I learned like uh, weekly? He says, like, yeah, why not? He's, uh, he was so open, but I was so afraid to ask him. I usually don't talk with uh, the Jews here. But is he he's religious? The very first guy I shared with, and he said, yeah, "Why not?" And we settle in actually for tomorrow morning. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Good. Hey, well wow. done, dude. Is Mordecai is he religious uh, at all, or? Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. Well, well praise the Lord. There you go. Good. The light keeps that's, shining, so that's fantastic. That's his standing up for the Torah. Right 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 right. Yeah, you don't have to Hallelujah. move. Hallelujah. Mordecai, you don't have to move. I think you're. Well, you're I right. actually usually. <laughs> Aaron knows I live in the Gush Etzion by Yerushalayim, but during the Seger, the lockdown, I'm here. But here, is, here we are. You know, it has a reason. Everything has a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So something good. Oh, oh, oh. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.